You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios, hour number three. And like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, we're on uh, number two of the Triple Dipper. I'm calling this section House Rules. House Rules, both state and federal. I mean, like I said before, the manner in which they establish the committees, the manner in which they control the flow of, of things to and from the House floor, uh, the length of time given to, um, uh, uh, you know, review legislation before it's voted on, uh, all that matters. And you can change the dynamic. You can change the whole flow of things. And you can also, by the way, enhance or suppress the ability for people to have a voice. Well, someone who has been on the show multiple times, she's a frequent flyer here at Right Side Radio. Uh, Stephanie Smith is with the Thatcher Coalition. Uh, they're an organization that does strategy development, uh, governmental and legislative relations, uh, research, regulatory and agency advocacy, all those kinds of things, because Stephanie's got a long history of working in um, both state and federal uh, uh, you know, governmental affairs, and also, by the way, doing so for uh, uh, big corporations. Without further ado, my friend Stephanie Smith, how you doing? I'm doing great, Phil. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, uh Hey, by the way, before I kick off, and this is this is an aside here. Before I kick off on the House rules, did you see that um, it appears Congressman Mike Rogers, after his dust up on the floor, is going to be uh, resigning his position on the steering committee for the GOP? I did see that. I saw that he apologized, um, and I was a little surprised, honestly, that he was stepping down from that spot um, after the apology and the acceptance of the apology on the Sunday shows. Um, yeah, I think that was just kind of a momentary loss of cognition for you know a few moments from Congressman Rogers, but yeah. um, sometimes those things have consequences. I did see that um, Dan Crenshaw also lost his, his spot as yep. chair of Homeland Security, yep. and that's a big deal, I'm sure, for him. Well, uh, yeah, but I when mean, you call people insurrectionists and terrorists, it's kind of hard to lead Homeland Security after that. Yeah, and, and it's, it's one thing to let a word slip and then change your wording, but he, he was literally, he was condescending, and it was it was very disappointing to watch uh, on, a, on a continual yeah. basis. And he like, doubled down on it, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, it wasn't like, a, oh, that was an, you know, an angry moment. My apologies. I let, you know, I let the moment get to me. It, he, he doubled and tripled down, so uh, that was unfortunate to see. Well, uh, House rules. You want to start federal or state? Which one do you want to go for first? Your choice. <laughs> you, you tell me. You know, <laughs> I feel like I feel like the federal stuff has been so interesting over the last week, and it's been one of the compelling things to me is to see some, um, you know, what I would term establishment Republicans really getting angry at yeah. the fact that the twenty, you know, had the gall to push back at all. How and dare really they? Just needed to sit down, shut up, and get in line. And um, I haven't seen very many of those really backtrack and say, oh, well, I was wrong. We got some good things. Or, um, you know, maybe I wouldn't have gone about it that same way, but they, they sure did get, you know, a pretty meaty list of positives. Yeah, they did. Um, I haven't seen many of those. haven't seen many of those reactions. So well, well, the it's only be interesting to see how these rules are handled today. You know, I've seen two reactions that are that are notable. One is Nancy Mace, who was you know mm-hmm. uh, big time in the uh, vote McCarthy don't question this camp, 
And um, right. and she's now saying she's just not sure she's on board. Too many back, too many back deals. I want to know what all the deals were. Everybody knows what the deals were. I mean, if there right. were, if there was a handshake that somebody would get a committee assignment, okay. But the reality is, the speaker had the authority. The potential speaker had the authority to, you know, hopefully push somebody for a position on a committee. But nonetheless, all the rules are in place, and everybody knows what they are um, for them to vote on. Um, right. Well, and the thing is, too, it seems like some of what what the uh, the you know two hundred versus the twenty um, that they wanted everybody to get in line, and then now that everybody has gotten in line, now they're the ones balking. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know how they're reconciling that in their minds, but uh, it seems a little upside down to me. Well, let's talk about what they are. The rules package that, that's up in D.C. I mean, it has a variety mm-hmm. of things in it, um, but but most of them are designed to make sure that, I, in my opinion, that conservatism has more opportunity for a voice. Um, right. And I'm, I'm looking at things like right here. I've got a, a, a list uh, that came off of uh, eenews.net, and we've got okay. things like um, uh, literally – uh, some of the stuff is like, you're like, oh, wow, I didn't know that was even a thing. Like the idea that they can put a rule in place that allows the expediting of bills that transfer federal lands back to states because right. Democrats have held those kinds of things up forever out of, you know, green energy uh, or green policy type uh, fears. Um, mm-hmm. We got stuff like um, you can expedite now under these new rules for Republicans the ability to offer amendments to spending bills and even fire um, poorly performing uh, uh, government employees. Um, right. One of the biggest concessions, and, and I think there's kind of a list of concessions and there's a list of rules and there's some overlap there. Um, but one of the biggest concessions that I saw as far as the actual speaker race was that they they wanted to hold Pat on discretionary spending at 2020 at 2022 levels. Yeah. And that that's a huge victory for fiscal conservatives. And then the other was, you know, budget uh, basically requiring a budget resolution to balance the budget within 10 years, which sounds like a long time, but 10 years is a lot better than, you know, a hundred years. Well, it, it's so, it, would, it would take 10 years anyway <laughs> with the level of debt we have, sure. but yeah. Um, the other thing they've got, too, is the uh, a rule allowing more time to review legislation before it's called to a vote. Right. The 72 hours. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I wish we had that in Alabama. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> that, that would be nice. Um, but the whole Pelosi, you know, you know, just pass it and then you can see what's in it uh, mantra was something that really a McCarthy-led or a Republican-led Congress shouldn't be for, just like some of these Alabama rules that are kind of headed the exact opposite direction, seem a little bit like Democrat rules, you know, that Republicans ought not to be for. The lack of transparency, the lack of sunshine, you know, um, disallowing, um, you know, public notice for things. Why, why would we? Why would we be against public notice for public meetings? Have, have you just switched Republican? gears and gone gone state on me? <laughs> Well, we can go back. We can go back to federal. I, I got so a list of stuff this. here. You're just like jumping from one list to the next. <laughs> okay, well, don't confuse everybody. Let's go back to federal. <laughs> no, but you're right. The amount of time we have, let's go ahead and jump over to state. I'm sorry. So, uh, yeah, the state rules, and I described before you came on. I'm not sure if you heard it all. That 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 the manner in which the House in both D.C. and in Montgomery conduct business matters, and. Um, mm-hmm. And that what we're looking at right now, there are some legitimate concerns. Uh, we all, I uh, say we all, several of us got leaked copies of the proposed rule changes 
And I'm not real on board with some of these. Um, yeah, and there are several that people are pretty exercised about, and I'm not sure I'm the most exercised about the ones that, that others are. But um, the one that get there are two there are two or three that really get me. One is this 24-hour committee meeting public notice. Yeah. Now, you and I know at the end of the legislative session, everything gets put on like two and a half speed because everybody starts, you know, just amping it up. And so what happens at the end of the session is what really matters. The budgets are almost always at the end of the session. The most controversial bills get passed at the end of the session, sometimes even, you know, the last day. Well, what this rule change would do would be to say, um, beginning on the 20th legislative day, they only have to give a four-hour notice to have a, a public meeting. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, con- if you're in Gadsden and you're concerned about a bill, you only get a four-hour's notice before you have to be in Montgomery to testify against a piece of legislation or try to influence it Which, to be there on the ground. I'll be honest with you. The biggest dust-up I had with a lobbyist, by the way, was mm-hmm. when I gave a mere 24 hours notice for a public hearing. Um, right. On a major piece of legislation dealing with the Birmingham Waterworks. And uh, and this lobbyist was so offended because he couldn't get his witness there in time to testify against the legislation. And I said, it's right. 24 hours. I'm not sure what you want from me. Um, mm-hmm. but, but what we're looking at well, right is, now is four, is four hours. hours. There's no way. <laughs> this would be four hours. And, and the frustrating thing is, and sometimes they'll suspend the rules and do this anyway, but that's not a good reason to do this all the time. Um, and it's really not particularly acceptable to, to continually suspend the rules so that you can get around your own rules. You make your own rules, so you should stick to your own rules. And, and I'll tell you where, um, where this becomes a real issue, too, to Steffi, I'll tell you where it becomes a real issue, too, is when you see that, that, that bill that you thought was dead suddenly gain mm-hmm. new life at the end of a session because they they literally lulled you into a sense of complacency that that controversial gaming bill or whatever it may be, eh, it's not going to pass this year. We can't get it. Out. And all of a sudden, ba-bam, that thing comes out with four hours notice. It's on the House floor. Next thing you know, you're mm-hmm. moving, and you don't even have a chance to even try to do much to it until it comes to the floor itself. Yeah, and that 24-hour rule, if I'm not mistaken, is how the gambling uh, legislation was killed two two years ago. So I don't think any of this is accidental. No, I, I agree. Um, we got several other rules in here that uh, one of which deals with local legislation, which a lot of folks don't realize that there are times when a local bill means something to a local delegation. Nobody else cares about it, but that becomes a leverage point because, you know, I may not care that they want Sunday alcohol sales in Bruton, Alabama. It's way outside my district, but whatever. They've got their local delegation running a bill for them. And then in, in sometimes as a, a retribution and sometimes as a, a control tactic, someone will actually strategically put a objection on local legislation. And back home, right. your mayor is screaming at you, why haven't you got it passed yet? And you can't get it passed because the rule has been that one person can block local bills. Well, uh-huh. I, I get it. It's also a tactic that's sometimes very useful to help control the flow of the process when things are getting out of hand. They're moving this to potentially 11 people have to pro and good luck finding 11 people. They're going to say, I'll block your local bills because that's a big deal. Well, um, That's a big deal. And once you block somebody else's local bills, you can bet on retribution. So then that just becomes yeah. an eye for an eye and an eye for an eye again. And, you know, then nobody's got any eyes. <laughs> the problem is that for this one to me is that some of these rules, and this is one of them, is they're supposed to be 
so that local people can actually represent who they're supposed to represent, which is the people in their area. And so that's why I have such a, such trouble with that specific one about the local bills. Um, you know, we don't have home rule. There are a lot of things that are that are considered in Montgomery that really should be local issues. But if we're going to have the system in this way, then the people who represent, you know, that area should be the ones um, to have the most say on local legislation. Because another one of the rules that they're talking about changing is if it's a constitutional amendment, a local a local constitutional amendment, it doesn't even go to your local delegation meeting anymore. Yeah. And so it, it's a centralization of power that makes me pretty uncomfortable. Yeah. And I guess in the final seconds here, um, you know, we're, you and I, we, we know this process inside now, it's a little bit in the weeds. Uh, but I guess to sum it up, what we're saying is some of these rules that are being proposed in Montgomery can actually limit the amount of debate. They can, they can disenfranchise opposition to having a chance to filibuster or help try to get a voice when they might be in the minority, but they at least want a voice. And, and it also, by the way, allows for some special interest to jump their stuff in there real quick and, and catch you off guard. And, and all that is bad, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And I think it limits the ability of just grassroots, um, run-of-the-mill folks to be part of the process. I think that's intentional. And the other thing that really bothers me is that it seems to be trying to quiet or stifle debate. And and debate is necessary. That, yes. that Going back to what we saw in, in D.C. last week, it should be passing legislation be, should be slow and methodical and well debated by all sides. And yes. anything that is trying to quiet debate or disenfranchise certain people, whether or not that's the most conservative people or in Alabama, the Democrats and the most conservative people, I'm against. It needs to be fully debated, fully vetted, and slow and methodical and like clockwork. Not a top, not a top down type of situation. Yeah, I heard a quote on a TV show once and I thought it was great. It said good public policy should be made in the in the bright light of day and not in the back rooms. Amen. And, and that's what that's what debates for. Hey, my friend, uh, that takes us past our usual time. So I appreciate you. Thanks for making yourself available to us today and uh, we'll have you on again soon, I'm sure. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks, All right. Phil. Thanks. That's uh, Stephanie Smith with the Thatcher Coalition. You can find out more about her and her business at thatchercoalition.com. Uh, she's good at what she does. Always provides great commentary. Um, all right, Boomers, taking us to a break. We're going to move on, going to number three on the Triple Dipper. How you like me now? Border chaos. That's where we're headed next. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.